Hey, you're listening to that witchy stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. So today, I thought we would talk a little bit about the magical mindset and um, magical tools. Before we get going there, uh, last time I mentioned that I would try to set up um, a Twitter account, and I did that. Um, Actually, I did it as soon as I published uh, the podcast, so... um, yeah, and I've put a couple of things on there. It's pretty lame at the moment because uh, I definitely don't uh, feel like I'm talking to anyone there. So it's a little weird. That's not the kind of social media that I'm used to. Um, so I need to find some people to follow and some things like that. I've followed a few accounts, but um, I'd really like to follow you. So you know, follow me and I'll follow you back. Uh, you know, I mean, at least for now, uh, we'll just start off that way. We'll see what happens later. Anyway, you can find me at stuff underscore witchy. Um, really not 100% satisfied with that name, but that was the what Twitter did. And I just didn't have the mental capacity to to change anything at that point. Um, I think I mentioned last week, I was pretty sure I had COVID. Um, feeling a lot better this week, still a little bit run down and a little bit foggy, but hopefully I can get through this a little bit more smoothly than I did last time. So if you're still listening after that last episode, I really appreciate you being here because it was a rough one, man. All right, so now that... Uh, taking care of that um let's go ahead and get going on the the you know episode uh so the magical mindset and magical tools um the reason that I wanted to put both of these into one episode is because they really do um they really do work together so first let's talk about the magical mindset um being a witch is part of who you are. I mean, like I can say, you know, I'm a brunette or I'm left-handed or I'm Gemini or I'm a witch. Um, but you're not always practicing magic as a witch. In fact, there are plenty of witches who don't practice magic at all. You know, whether whatever kind we're talking about. Um, But if you are going to practice magic, when you are are starting like that magical thing, you have to get into the right mindset. So I want you to think about like um, a boxer or some other kind of fighter. You know, um, I'm not a sports kind of person. So, you know, uh, if you are... Um, very knowledgeable about sports, and I say something that's just totally off base, please forgive me, but a boxer before the match will be, you know, in his or her room, whatever dressing room or or whatever, locker room, yeah, that's what athletes use, locker rooms, he or she will be in their locker room, and um, they'll be, you know, kind of jumping up and down a little bit, they'll be getting amped up, they'll be getting kind of angry, you know, they, they are trying to 
get the adrenaline going, get their blood pumping. They need to be ready when they go out there to fight someone. You know, I mean, you don't want to be like chilling on the couch and like, you know, all relaxed and stuff and then stroll casually out to a boxing ring. You need to be in the right mindset. Um, Another uh, example that you might think about is if you are going to have some sort of important meeting, you know, whether it's work or, you know, with your family or maybe a parent-teacher conference, any sort of meeting. And before you go into the meeting, you take a few deep breaths and you think, maybe you think about your opening line, you know, or maybe you think about whatever position you need to take in this meeting. Like if I was in a parent-teacher conference and, um, you know, of course my perfect angels have never done anything wrong. Um, but, you know, I may need to think before the meeting. Now, remember, your children are not actually angels and you need to listen to what the teacher's saying. Or I may think before the meeting. Now, remember, you actually take your kid's side on this one. You know, um, not that I'm saying you should do that. Uh, so that or another one would be, you know, you've had a very long day at, at work or whatever you do, school you've had a very long day, you finally get home at the end of the day. And this may not apply to everyone who's listening, but you finally get home at the end of the day and you take your bra off. And it is that immediate, uh, you know, I mean, and it's really not about the bra being constricting and binding and, and physically uncomfortable is sort of an emotional comfort kind of thing, isn't it? Like you get home and you take it off and now you know I'm home and I'm off and I am ready to relax and not have to think about stressful things anymore. Um, if you are... Um, not the kind of person who wears a bra, maybe you wear a tie or, you know, uncomfortable clothes or whatever, maybe your shoes pinch, but you get home and you take them off and it's physically relieving. And it's also much more emotionally relieving. You've now entered your home and you're calm and this is where you can rest. This is your happy place. So all of those are, you know, whether you're getting into the zone, getting your game face on, you know, getting into relaxation mode, any of these things are a deliberate attempt to change your mindset. We do it as people every day, all day long, every different scenario we, we find ourselves in, we're entering different mindsets for the situation. Some of us, like me, I work from home. My kids do school at home online, not a homeschool parent. I could never do it. I have all the respect, but my kids do school at home, but online and I work at home, but online. So, you know, sometimes I'm having to flip those mindsets really quickly. And um, sometimes I flip to the wrong mindset and that can be a little um, not great. That's a different podcast though, isn't it? I'm going to stay focused. So the same thing with a magical mindset. You have to um, 
Get into that mindset where you're thinking about things in a magical way, where you're actively working to access things that may not be, um, you know, part of the mundane world, you know, whether it's energy or psychic abilities or whatever, you, you need to get your neurons in your brain firing in that direction. Um, Most people will have some sort of trigger, just like taking my bra off when I get home after, well, when I used to work in the office, taking my bra off when I would get home after work, that is a trigger for me being in now I'm at home. Um, So you can have triggers for your magical mindset too. Sometimes those might be music. Um, It might be to specifically focus and think about um, a specific memory. Um, It could be smells or tastes. Like, uh, have you ever smelled something? And maybe it's not even something you can quite put your finger on, but it immediately reminds you of childhood. It may not even be a situation where you um, quite know what part of childhood it's reminding you of, you know? I mean, like, it could just be like, oh man, this reminds me of being a kid. Um, The same thing with a taste. For me, it's almost always smell for that, but, Sometimes uh, if you could, if you knew what that smell was or taste or whatever, and you were able to have that in a bottle, you could open that bottle and smell that smell and instantly be sort of transported back to childhood. Um, You want to train your magical mindset brain in that way. Um, A lot of magic and Uh, A lot of, you know, being a witch is training, you know, it's sort of a, it's almost like a muscle, you know, the more you work it, the more you um, build it, you know, the stronger you get with it. Um, So you want to find ways that you can uh, sort of get from mundane to magical um, in your brain much more quickly. It may take some time at first to get there. You know, it may take some actively uh, thinking about something that that does it for you. Like, you know, most of us have had some sort of experience that was some defining point before we became a witch or maybe even after we became a witch, but before we really bought in um, where we were like, oh my God, this is magical, you know, like this is literally magical. So um, sometimes if you actively think about that moment, it can trigger that magical mindset. Um, Or if you, uh, if you, um, you can help to train your brain to get there faster by using a memory like that in combination with a scent or a taste. For me, it's roses. Roses will do it every time. When I smell roses, that, uh, but it's a specific kind of rose. It's that sort of, um, you know, there's a difference in the smell of a rose in the middle of a hot summer day in the sun versus um, if you smell it on, you know, like at night when it's cool 
and the rose is still, you know, warm and it's open and it's fragrant, but it's a different scent. It's not, it's, it's more fresh and it's not as dusty. So that's where um, that fresh, cool nighttime rose, that scent for me triggers me immediately into a magical mindset. And I'll use that to my advantage um, when I am beginning to do some sort of magical working, or even if I just kind of need, need to remember I'm a witch, you know? Um, music does it for me too. I've got a couple of playlists that I listen to a lot on Spotify. Um, maybe at some point I'll share those with you if, if anyone's interested, but uh, there's some pagan chants. There are some, um, you know, just like regular songs. Um, and they, they help me remember that there's more going on than the routine that I'm, you know, doing day in, day out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to remember that. Another way that you can sort of uh, train your brain is with, um, with uh, your magical tools. Um, the tools frequently are, the, the more you use them, the more you build up sort of um, a, an association with them. The most important tool that you have in your magical toolbox is yourself. You are magical. Your body is using and creating energy nonstop. And it has been since the very first cell, um, actually since before the first cell divided. So you are constantly a source of your own energy. You are a way for you to um, focus and concentrate that energy. And I should say, when I say concentrate, the concentrate when I'm when I'm talking about energy, I'm not talking about thinking about something very hard. You know, I'm talking about like. Uh, concentrate like concentrated orange juice you know like you're removing and distilling and purifying and making it stronger so you're you are your most important tool if you have no other tool like uh, actual physical tool you have yourself and you don't actually have to have any other thing all you need is yourself but uh one, I know that um, tools can help us to sort of uh, focus our thoughts. Um, and also, I mean, we do kind of like the witchy aesthetic, right? So having these tools can help us uh, feel witchier. <laughs> um, but you know there is there is something to be said for for the actual magical powers of tools as well. Um, I really don't want it to sound like I'm poo-pooing all over our woo-woo tools because uh, I like I love my tools. I I use my tools. I I can do magic just fine without them, but I like it when I do it with them. I feel like it's more powerful when I use my tools. So let's talk about some of our other tools. Obviously, we have the Book of Shadows slash Grimoire. Um, that is absolutely a tool. It may not be one that you're necessarily, you know, like waving about, but 
it's one of your base tools. Uh, you will use it. You should use it a lot. Um, another one is your altar. So the altar, it sounds very um, religious, you know, like uh, it sounds very much like um, it's definitely used a lot in Christianity. I'm pretty sure it's used a lot in the other main religions. It's used a lot in Wicca, but it's not just uh, a religious kind of thing. It can be a religious kind of thing. It can be a very ceremonial type of thing where you have, you know, very specific things that you always lay out and these things are consecrated or blessed or anointed or, you know, whatever. And they're always in a specific place and they're almost holy, you know. Or it can be, this is my table where I like to keep my witchy things. And when I'm doing a magical working, I like to be at this table and use it in order to uh, do my magical things. It can be, you know, um, as holy and venerated or as normal as you want it to be. It can be in a shoebox. It can literally be in an Altoids tin if that's what works for you and you're very much in the closet. Um, it's where you put your things. It's where you put your things when you do your magic. And it's where you put your things when you do not do your magic. It's sort of like your, um, it's kind of like your purse or your book bag, you know, if you, if you use something like that. You put all your stuff in there. You go do your things away from home with your purse or your book bag or whatever and and you come back and you put it away and you may put other things in there but there are certain things that you're always going to have in there like maybe your wallet or maybe your keys or things like that so an altar is the same way um the next main tools that uh are really used a lot are going to be your wand and your athame. Um, yeah, let's let's go there. Your wand and your athame. So a wand is a stick uh, or some other small pointy um, de device. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's usually a stick in my experience, but it can also be made out of metal or crystal or things like that. So um, you have your wand and you have your athame. You may hear that pronounced athame. According to Google, it's pronounced athame, but I don't know. I don't really care. Either way, it's a small knife and uh, usually not sharpened, usually has a black handle, but both of those things, sharpened or not, black handle or not, whatever, I don't think it really matters. In fact, my, my personal athame is actually a brass letter opener. <laughs> Is special to me, it's magical to me, and that's what I use. Um, these two things, when you look at them, you know, they kind of look the same way. They're a pointy thing that you hold in your hand. Um, they have similar energies and purposes, but they are very different. Um, so a wand is usually used for a little bit more gentle energy, you know, like it's where you direct energy, you use it to direct energy, but in a more, you know, kind and loving manner than, um, than you might with an um, athame. 
an athame is it is a knife you don't ever use it for anything other than magic though you don't ever physically cut anything with it um an athame you might use in a more uh i don't want to say aggressive way but in a more i'm not taking no for an answer kind of way um a more commanding way would probably be a better way to say that uh two other ones are the um, chalice and the pentacle or patent. Um, Peyton? Patent. I think it's patent. It's P-A-T-E-N. You can look it up. Uh, so the chalice is a cup. Um, the pentacle is uh, a star with a circle around it. It's not, it's upright. Um, it is not the uh, upside down you know, star that you see in Hollywood with witches. That's the horned god, and that's something different. The pentacle is just your basic, um, you know, hand-drawn star in a circle. Um, these four together, the wand, athame, chalice, and pentacle, they each represent one of the elements. So the wand is fire. Uh, the athame is air, um, the chalice is uh, water, and the pentacle is earth. Um, the purpose of the, uh, um, the chalice is, you know, you know, actually, I think we'll get into that a little bit later, because we'll talk about the elements a lot more, and that's going to come into play there. Um, I will say the chalice is feminine and the um, athame is masculine. There are certain rituals where, um, or certain magical groups that will use the, um, the chalice and the, the athame as a representation of the great rite. So uh, that's a Wiccan thing, I think. Um, that's where you have sex um sort of to celebrate the um the ritual uh it's a combining of of forces a combining of energy most groups as far as i know don't actually have sex um for the great right anymore i mean no judgment for me either way do it on the altar i don't care uh, but I know a lot of people will, would be uncomfortable with that. So that is often represented with the, um, the athame being dipped down into the chalice. So now you know that. Um, anyway, other tools that you may use um, with witchcraft. Candles are uh, almost always used um, unless you're doing some sort of working that is uh, outside of, you know, like a sit down spell, you know, like it's more of a... I'm going to work this spell really quick in my head. Um, so candles are used a lot, represent fire, naturally. Um, energy, this is a very big source of energy. Um, crystals are used a lot. Uh, that's a whole nother episode. We'll, we'll get into crystals too. Um, you may have ritual wear, like uh, you may have a particular um, outfit or robes or you know other clothing or no clothing some um, some Wiccan uh, groups some Wiccan traditions 
uh, practice with no clothing on at all in ritual as a group. Um, a lot of people do it uh, by themselves, you know, as well. Um, you may have particular jewelry like a pendant or a, a diadem or circlet. Uh, those are like the sort of the um, circle crown that you wear, but it's not like a crown that goes up on top of your head and goes up. It's like it just goes across your forehead and it's um, sort of just a circle, like a circlet. Um, incense is another, <clears throat> excuse me, incense is another tool that's used a lot. Um, you may have representations for the goddess or god. Um, you may have representations for the various elements or whatever, you know, uh, energy you're bringing in there, if you are. You may have a besom. So that is um, is like a witch's broom. It's not your standard broom that you get from Target. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's brush, like a straw and is tied together. And, you know, you've seen the witch's brooms. Um, there's the cauldron. Uh, you may have a bell. Um, you may have div divination tools like um, tarot, tarot cards or a pendulum or scrying um, device, like a mirror or a ball. I mean, but honestly, scrying into a crystal ball is a little bit cliche. But, you know, I think we would all do it because we do like our aesthetic. Um, you may have a staff. So that's like, a, you know, like a big walking stick kind of thing. Um, it usually represents power or authority. Uh, so a lot of times if you see a staff, it will be used um, as part of a group. And uh, the group, uh, the group leader would be represented by having the staff. Um, so uh, gosh, there, there are even, more tools, um, but we don't have to go into all of them right now. A lot of them will come up as we go over other things like how to cast a circle. You know, we'll talk about the athame then because we use an, an athame to cast a circle. Um, or you could use a wand or, you know, anything you like really, but uh, I'll probably speak about it specifically using, an, using the athame. Oh, see, look, I just said it, athame. Wow, I guess I flipped back and forth. Uh, athame. Anyway, um, the reason that I wanted to talk about all those tools is because the more you use a tool, the more um, you will train your brain to enter that magical mindset so that you begin to um, prepare yourself to work a magical working. Um, I heard someone on a different podcast, Seeking Witchcraft. Um, I don't remember who, who her guest was, but, uh, her guest was talking about, um, astral residue. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. I don't know that it's something that is necessarily, uh, talked about by a lot of other people. I Googled it and I didn't get a whole lot, but it was like, a, you know, just a very quick search. Um, but basically, uh, items, all items have um, astral residue, and you can build up astral residue intentionally, like with intention. 
um, by using something over and over in a specific way, only in a specific way. So if I always use my wand when I'm doing a magical working, it will build up astral residue. It will uh, retrain my brain to think when I pick up that wand that I'm ready to do something magical. Uh, so like I said, a lot of these we'll get into more as we go along, but the most important one, like I said, is always going to be you. So um, speaking of astral things, uh, our last exercise, we worked on, um, on creating a cyball. If you remember that, that was where we imagined ourselves filled with light and we, we caused all of that light to um, concentrate into a ball. And then we sent that ball out into our hands and then through our palms and we could feel the shape of the ball between our hands. Um, so I want you to, well, okay, I want you to think about that, but I want you to do it in a specific way. So let me back up. Uh, you may hear the term astral temple a lot. And what that means is, is just a place where um, in your imagination, in whatever way you imagine things, where you can go and um, sort of have a specific way you think about things. So like for me, my astral temple, I actually I have a couple of them. Um, I have an astral temple that sort of looks like Greek ruins on a cliff at a beach. Um, I have an astral temple. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we'll not use that online stopwatch again. <laughs> that was terrifying. Uh, and I'm not gonna start over, I've done this for 30 minutes, so we'll keep going and just call that one a lesson learned. Um, astral temples. So I have one that looks like uh, a Greek ruin. Um, I have one that is where we practice ritual um, in my coven. Uh, you know, it's our physical circle space. And then I have one that is uh, sort of a more fantastical version of the woods beside my house. So when we talk about using going to your astral temple, it may be like uh, when I'm going to any of these places. It's entering a state of meditation. Um, I'm entering a light trance-like state and usually involves me walking to that astral temple in some way. Sometimes I will um, imagine that I'm crossing over, like I'm passing through one place to another place. So I'd like for you to think of what does your astral temple look like? For me, it's really helpful if I imagine first that I am standing in a field. I can feel the sun on my shoulders. I can feel the breeze moving my hair. I can feel the ground under my feet, the various grasses, things like that. And as I walk through this field, I can feel 
the grasses brushing against my calves, you know, or, or whatever. I can hear birds singing. I can smell the green smells of the field, things like that. And then as I walk forward, there is um, a mist ahead of me, uh, like a fog bank. I walk into the mist. I can feel the difference in the temperature on my skin, you know. As I walk into it, um, I can't see anything else around me. It's all just this mist. It's not scary. As I walked through the mist, when I come out, I've, I've reached the place where my astral temple is. <clears throat> so, um, you know, maybe I feel the sand from the beach or um, maybe I feel uh, the forest floor. So imagine something like that. And once you have crossed through the mist, where are you going to go? You don't have to give it a whole lot of thought ahead of time. Just close your eyes and envision or imagine yourself doing that. You know, we don't always, not all of us think in images. So you, if you do not think in images, that's okay. You may think in thoughts or something else but I'm pretty sure that 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 way your brain works works for you so you do that um however you do it you know if it's colors if it smells if it sounds whatever you do just find a place that in your brain a place in your brain a place in your inner self that is your specific place and that's where you will go to um meditate to do lots of magical things actually um you can uh have lots of them like i do usually these days i use the forest one but it's not specific it can change at any time sometimes different things about it change so in your astral temple now you've reached your astral temple Find a place where you go. And now I want you to imagine that you're doing the exercise like we did with the cyball, with the colors and concentrating them, bringing them down into your hands. But this time, instead of, um, instead of the ball, you can still do the ball if that is what um, works for you. You can skip the ball if you like. I want you to take that energy down into your palms and when you push it out of your palms I want you to make it into the shape of a bird and I want you to give this bird your wish now it can't be a fantastical wish like I'm gonna win the lottery because you're probably not going to win the lottery uh with magic um so give it a reasonable wish, like maybe you want to send um, loving energy to someone, you know, maybe you know someone's having a rough time and you just want to give them a little bit of support or maybe you want, um, maybe you want someone to call you. Maybe you want them to give you a little loving support, you know, um, give this bird your wish and in your astral temple, release the bird, let it fly up into the sky or whatever, and out of sight. See it as it flies out of sight. 
The bird may be, it may look like a real bird. It may be a bird shape made out of light. Um, but you'll give it your wish. You'll send it out, watch it as it flies away until you can't see it anymore and release it. It's gone. You have put that wish out there. You don't have to think about it anymore. In fact, you maybe should not think about it anymore. We'll get into that more later too, but for now, just put it out there. If your wish doesn't come true, that's okay. This is just a wish. Um, this is just practicing using your own energy and putting it out there. Um, probably when you're done, uh, you know, oh, also when you leave your astral temple, you can just open your eyes and be done. I like to walk back to my real realm. Um, it just sort of helps to sort of like uh, cooling down after an exercise, you know? Um, once you are done, you may feel rested. You may feel a little bit drained. Either way is fine. Neither means you did something or didn't do something. Um, <clears throat> drink a glass of water either way because you probably need it because you probably haven't had enough water to drink today, have you? Um, and then go about your day. You can use this anytime. I, I think it would be great if you, if you use it every day for the next week. Um, you can have a different wish every time. You can have the same wish every time. Play with it. See what happens doing different things. Um, so uh, I think that's it. I'd love to hear about it from you on Twitter. Uh, remember, that's um, you can find me at uh, stuff underscore witchy, W-I-T-C-H-Y. Um, so if you, if you do it, I'd love to hear how it worked. Um, I mean, not whether or not it, whether or not you got your wish, just whether or not you felt successful in sending that wish out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess that's it. Uh, season one, episode four in the books, we will call it a wrap. Um, but before I go, remember that uh, you are amazing and you deserve every wish that you hope for. Talk to y'all later. Bye.